welcome back to another episode of Off the Dome. I hope you guys had a great week last week and a fun weekend. I hope you guys were able to recharge after the work week, even though we did have a holiday. But I hope you guys had an amazing week. This week's episode, we are going to, of course, as promised, talk about the ever so complicated relationship with my stepdad, if you will. And I also want to introduce a new segment to the podcast for you guys. And I hope it's something that you guys will enjoy. I hope it's something that I can continue to do for you guys. So that way we can make the podcast a little bit more fun. You know, I feel like I'm a fun person and I definitely want my personality to show in this podcast. So introducing a new segment, um, I think will, you know, help us get to know each other a little bit better. So we are going to dive right in but before we do i do have a question that needs an answer qtna if you will why is it that when you are i guess up to no good or there's a lot of drama going in your life people really cling to that but when you're doing something positive people go ghost and they're not there to support you like what is that even about like I don't know I think this is the first time I've ever been on the receiving end of that so it's really interesting um I've always heard that when you start like a business venture or you know just a a project that um you know you particularly enjoy and then you introduce it to people that you would expect to I guess give you your flowers um and they are nowhere to be found so yeah that was my experience this past week but moving on no shade or anything just something I've come to realize and something that I've learned over the years which is going to be something that I'm going to have to continue to keep in my in the forefront of my mind is you have to be your own cheerleader I mean, it just goes for everything. Um, Of course, you want the support of friends and family and the people you care about. But if you don't got that, just be your own cheerleader. Um, Sometimes it sucks, but, you know, uh, that's life for you. So, yeah, that's something that I don't know. I just wanted to jump on here and say let me know if you guys have ever experienced feeling like people are quick to hop on things that really don't matter like I was having a conversation with my barber today shout out to my barber um yeah we were having a conversation today about um you know starting a business or starting a venture and the people that you expect to be there for you and to support you don't seem to be there but they're always there when there's drama going on in your life or when you're doing things that aren't really that important he had made a comment like you know if he were to post on his Facebook a picture or a video of him drinking getting sloppy drunk I'm not saying that he did this but this was just the example that he gave that people would be all over that but if he posts a picture of him open up a new shop there's no support very very interesting um very very interesting but like I said you got to be your own cheerleader not gonna hold anything against anybody I had my moment last week and I think it's time to move on so we can continue to grow and better ourselves and if people want to be left behind then we gotta leave them behind and mind our own bag you feel me but as promised we are going to dive into the complicated relationship or lack of relationship with my stepdad really wanted to make sure i gave you guys a good picture of what the relationship was like in the previous years with him because it's something that i'm still trying to navigate if you will not the relationship itself, but how I want to move forward with my life, knowing that there probably won't be a relationship. And I have to be okay with that. Because as I mentioned in, you know, the introduction, first episode, 
I can go to bed at night knowing that I've done all I can to try to foster a relationship with my stepdad. But, you know, there are still moments where I think like, am I the one who needs, do I need to reach out again? Do, I mean, I thought about writing him a letter maybe four or five months ago, just kind of giving him the business and just kind of telling him where I was at and letting him know that, you know, I'm kind of sick and tired of being sick and tired of our relationship and not really having one. But I felt like I wasn't going to get all my points across, even though I personally feel like I'm a better writer than I am speaker. I can usually get all my thoughts down better on paper. And sometimes in the moment, you think you're going to tell somebody something. You think you're going to give somebody the business, read them the riot act. You think you're going to do all that. And then you see the person and you got nothing. And then, I don't know, a couple of days later when you're in the shower, you be thinking about all these little comebacks that you could have told that person, all these things that you should have said that you wanted to say, but for whatever reason you held back. That happens to me all the time. So I just didn't think that the letter was going to be useful, even though it was going to be something that I was going to be doing for me, not necessarily for him. It was just going to be my way of closing that chapter and I felt like what better way to do that than with like an open letter to him now mind you guys this is something that I've done in the past um I don't really remember the exact age but I want to say maybe in like high school early high school freshman year or possibly before we went to Europe which I was in the sixth grade so I was around 11 um, I do remember writing him a letter and kind of questioning why he wasn't really around um, or involved or didn't really care to be involved. Now, I mean, you know, I told you guys that my stepdad and my mom divorced when I was in about fourth grade and we were living in Augusta, Georgia. So obviously there may be some restraints on his availability to me physically, but we got phones, you know, I mean, I had a phone, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like homie could have called me, homie could have wrote me a letter, homie could have wrote me a freaking email. I mean, you know, we have technology for a reason. And it was really just that lack of regard for me as someone who, like I told you guys, told me that the only steps that existed in our home were the ones that were on the porch outside. So it's been a really tough situation in my life that's been hard to navigate. And I think because it's been hard to navigate, it's also been very difficult for me to be in good relationships with men because my first relationship with a man was with my stepdad. I mean, my, my biological father, was never around. I, I've never met him, never seen him, never spoke to him, nothing. I know nothing about this man except for the things that my mom has told me, which isn't much. I know he has a whole nother family and I know I got some half brothers and sisters that are German and I don't know these people and that's kind of weird to think about. I know that I don't know anything about his family's medical history. I don't know anything. So that's kind of scary because I don't know what runs in my biological dad's medical history. I don't know what his family has issues with. I don't know if cancer runs in the family, infertility, like I don't know these things. Those are good things to know, you know? But anyways, it's really not gonna be much about my biological father because I don't have much to say when it comes to him. I, I don't know him. I don't really care to know him. I guess the only thing that I would wanna know is why he chose to forgo a relationship with me, but somehow then decided to create this whole other family and leave me high and dry. Like I know him and my mom weren't married or anything, but I just don't think that matters. Like you had a kid, my mom chose to keep me, so pull up your big draws and be a dad. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, that's just me. That's just me, having never had children myself, having no experience in parenthood, but I just feel like if it were me, 
and I'm a very conscientious person. I'm empathetic. I have a heart. I'm a great thinker. I overthink. I just don't think that I would do that. If I decided to keep a child, I don't think I would just abandon them. And if I did, I feel like at some point I would want to apologize to them and do better. You know, when you know better, you do better. And I'm thinking at some point, wouldn't he have had to known better if he had a, a whole nother family? Like, did you become a better man to have a whole other family, but you only decided to become a better man for them and not me? You know, just questions that I'm always wondering. QT and A's, you know, like I don't know the answers to these questions. So I don't really care about a relationship with him. I just want to know why. And personally, from what my mom has told me, he's older than her. So, um, you know, he's probably in his 60s. So he may not have that much time left on earth. Um, if we're thinking about parents would leave the earth before their children. I know things don't work like that, but, you know, just thinking that in that way, if that's how the life that we live were supposed to go and he was supposed to go before me, you know, I would think at some point, like, does he think about me? Like, does he ever think like, oh, I wonder whatever happened to that, that, uh, that kid that I had. I wonder what she's doing. You know, I just, that baffles me. I, I don't understand the deadbeat dad, the deadbeat parent. I can only speak on behalf of a deadbeat father because that's the only parental negligence or neglect that I've experienced. I know there are some deadbeat moms out there, so don't be coming for me, y'all. But just from what I've experienced is, you know, the lack of relationship with the male parental figure in my life. So let's get down to business, shall we? I told you guys that I met my stepdad probably when I was about five or six-ish. We were living in Japan. Um, he was in the Air Force. My mom was Army. And I believe they met at a church that we were a part of, um, probably like at a Bible study or something like that. We were really big in church when I was growing up. So I'm quite sure they met like at a Bible, a Bible study or something of that nature. They hit it off. They were dating. I met him. Um, I really enjoyed his company. I thought he was a great person. He treated my mom well from what I could see. Um, I met his biological daughters at that point who were a little bit older than me. And I, I thought he was a great dad from what I could see, from what he, from, from the way he treated me when I was younger and I met him, having not even been like inducted into the family. Like he wasn't my stepdad at that point. He was just dating my mom. He treated me well, um, spent a lot of time at his house. I remember, you know, him baking cakes. I remember him being a great cook. I remember him being a great listener, being somebody who wasn't afraid to show his emotions, someone who was very empathetic towards my emotions. So all around, I thought I thought this was a great guy, you know. So when he married my mom, um, I don't remember all the details about the beginning of the marriage and all that stuff. I really don't remember all that, but... I just really remember the times when it wasn't good and when he essentially, for lack of better words, walked out of my life. So, you know, after we left Japan, um, I told you guys that we ended up moving to Springfield, Virginia. And that's kind of where the parenting role, that's when he took on that role of being my stepdad. Um, those are the memories that I recall where you know, he taught me how to pray at night. Um, I remember getting saved at church and giving my life to God in front of a congregation. I think I was like eight or seven, seven or eight years old at that point. Um, and church was a big part of our lives at this point in my life. So I remember that being a monumental moment in my walk with the Lord. And he was just so happy for me. Um, I feel like I think we went to Golden Corral after this whole me giving my life to God and trying to understand what that meant. And, you know, personally, if we're being honest, me giving my life to God at seven or eight years old, I don't really think I understood what that meant. 
I think that I was thinking that that was a good thing to do. Um, and of course, you know, like I said, he taught me how to pray. So I definitely understood the power of prayer, but I don't think I really understood what it meant to give my life to God and what that entailed. Um, so if I were to do it all over again, I definitely think I would have given my life to God when I kind of knew what that entailed, when I kind of had a better understanding of what that meant and what I was supposed to do as a Christian woman. But nonetheless, it was a great time, you know. He was proud of me, I was proud of myself, and we celebrated that. And, you know, the reason why I'm taking you guys through this story of my relationship with God is because a lot of my relationship with God was cultivated by him being in my life. Of course, my mom, you know, she was a Christian. She she took me to church. We would, you know, pray together and talk about God, talk about church, talk about the Bible. But I remember a lot of the things that were introduced to me when it came to um, living uh, living a Christ-like life was when my stepdad came into the picture. We would have Bible studies at the house and, you know, break down the Bible in a way that I could better understand it and this, that, and the third. So um, I guess I'm saying all that to say it really does confuse me how I'm not saying that Christian people can't make mistakes and that people that love the Lord are perfect. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all, but I don't understand how someone who, you know, has children and is a good, wants to be a good example for them can just like up and leave, like up and leave. And maybe of course he had to mourn the loss of his divorce with my mother. What's not clicking to me is did he not want to cultivate our relationship further after the divorce? You know what I mean? Like, I was in the fourth grade and I loved my stepdad. Like, I, and it's not that I thought he was perfect. Like, let's get that straight. I never thought he was perfect. He, you know, often talked to us about his upbringing, he didn't go into too much detail, but I know he didn't have a great upbringing. I know his biological dad was abusive to his mother. I know that he didn't have it easy. And I know he joined the military in hopes of escaping where he where he lived in hopes to have a better life and all that jazz. So it's not like I'm not privy to that information. I, I guess I'm just not quite sure where where I went wrong, like where the relationship took a turn and it never was going to come back. After my mom and my dad divorced, the relationship was tainted forever. <laughs> it's unfortunate to say that, but now that I think about what has transpired even after that, I mean, the relationship is basically non-existent. And, you know, I remember telling my stepdad that I wanted to still have a relationship with him even though him and my mom divorced is it wasn't very amicable it was it was messy you know they had a lot of arguments uh, you know it, it wasn't just like an easy situation it was kind of messy and sometimes in my opinion just real crazy it's, I don't know any other way to explain it. it was real crazy at times to see how bad their arguments could get but I guess I never could have imagined that them getting a divorce would change our relationship that much because mind you guys you know he my brother was born when I was about eight years old so that was his first son his first and only son so I would for sure think that he would want to maintain the relationship there. And so I guess I always thought, you know, you have two kids essentially, even though I'm not your biological, there was no doubt in my mind that he treated me like I was his real daughter. So it is very unfortunate that the relationship changed as a result of the divorce. And I don't really wanna say that I, I blame him 
because I understand like thinking about it now like you have to mourn the loss of that relationship and I know it was important to him and you know it, they just weren't compatible as marital partners and that happens but I guess I would have expected him to at some point make the decision and do the right thing and parent his children because you don't have to be physically there to be a parent I mean sometimes you just can't physically be there so yeah and there were you know some specific instances that I kind of realized my relationship with my stepdad was never going to be the same and I will say I can remember a time where um, me and one of my best friends in 2019 we decided to go take a cruise to the Bahamas we hadn't seen each other in years since we graduated high school and um, you know I was going through a rough time and I knew that we were going on this cruise no matter what I was gonna find the money to go we were going if I had a job if, if I didn't have a job we were going on this cruise we booked the cruise my best friend lives in Florida and so the cruise was out of Orlando so of course I flew to where my friend lives stayed with her for the night and then we you know drove to Orlando to go to the port Port Canaveral to you know catch our cruise or whatever and mind you my stepdad at the time was living very close to where my best friend was living at that time as well and I was aware of that but during this time me and my dad hadn't really spoken and it, I was very irritated about that um, that we still weren't on like a regular communication schedule it you know like I said the it faded away after the divorce and I can't really tell you a time where there ever has been consistent communication outside of me either living with him or yeah me living with him those are the only times where the, the communication would have been consistent and I think that's just kind of where the the parts fell you know like if I live with you obviously I'm gonna see you every day you know every other day whatever the case may be I'm gonna see you morning afternoon and night or morning and night if we got school and work obligations so you know you kind of have no choice but to have like somewhat of a relationship with someone that you live with but I mean we'll get to that story later um I decided to skip ahead to something that you know really bothered me and I never told him about this because I kind of got to the point with him where I'm like I keep telling him stuff and it's like going in one ear and out the other because nothing has been fixed so there's no point in me beating a dead horse and telling him how I feel I'd rather just vent to friends and family not that they can do anything but I'm not gonna tell the person who I know isn't gonna change their change their behavior anyways I guess he calls like a few days or maybe a week before I'm supposed to go down to Florida to go on this cruise and he kind of asked me like what I've been up to I didn't want to lie I guess it wouldn't have been a lie if I would have withheld this information but I didn't intend on telling him that I was going to be in Florida because I was kind of angry that you know like I said we hadn't been on any regular communication so I'm like you know don't try to come play dad now just because I'm in this in your city like you know keep that same energy you haven't talked to me in a year so keep that same energy when I'm in your town you know don't be trying to play like you're my dad because you haven't been acting like one so I didn't plan on telling him but I kind of felt guilty like I almost was lying if I didn't say like oh hey by the way I'm gonna be in Tampa during these days if you want to meet up before we get on this cruise like you know we can do that so um and I kind of could sense in his voice that he was almost confused as to why he didn't know this information sooner like why I didn't tell him I was going to be in Florida but like I said I didn't plan on telling him I kind of felt cornered to do so and then I was like well maybe it will be good to see him you know something I will say about myself is even though I would be mad at him for him not being a father I would always want to see him because when I did see him we didn't argue we didn't have like bad blood in person like in the back of my mind I knew after the encounter that I had whether I was visiting him or not 
it would only be like that while I was with him. And then when I went back to my regular scheduled program, it was going to be as if I didn't have a father anymore. I always knew that because that's how it always was. So I let him know that I'm going to be in Tampa and we decide that we're going to go to dinner. We're going to go to Bahama Breeze. And like I told you guys, I was staying with my best friend because we were going to, you know, drive to the port the very next morning. So we decided to go to dinner that that night, the night before. And so, of course, like my best friend came with me and my stepdad got to meet my best friend for the first time. He knew of her because I always talked to him about her, but he never met her. And so um, when my dad met my best friend, they were talking about like how she was engaged and, you know, looking into the wedding things, you know, the wedding planning things. And my stepdad being usually he's like I said, he's a kind guy. He's you know, a pretty stand-up guy, um, you know, from his exterior without knowing his past with his children that I'm telling you guys now, you would think he's a trustworthy stand-up guy. Nice, genuine guy. So he proceeds to tell my best friend that he would officiate the wedding if they couldn't find anybody and, you know, he would be happy to do it and talking about marriage counseling, all this stuff. And I'm thinking... You gotta be freaking kidding me. You are going to offer to officiate my best friend's wedding when you can't even like do the common courtesy of calling your daughter? Are you freaking kidding me? I was so like flabbergasted when I heard that. Like, of course I had a smile on my face. I was acting as if I wasn't phased by what he was saying because who knew the next time I would see this dude after I got back from this trip. But I was like, I was hurt because I'm like, you just met her today. And don't get me wrong, I love my best friend. We are still friends to this day. Love that girl. Wouldn't be here without her, truly and honestly. Wouldn't be here without her. But um, yeah, I'm like, you just met her today. And she's wonderful, of course, but why are you offering to officiate my best friend's wedding? You should be offering to be a father. Like you should be offering to run me back my time. Like you should be offering to help me reclaim the years when you decided to go ghost on me and think that that was okay not officiate the wedding like are y'all picking up what i'm putting down like does that even make any logical sense to anybody here i was just so taken aback by that i was offended and like i said i never told him this never had this i told my friend obviously how i felt about that and she even felt weird about it but you know she's just being nice and they're just having a conversation you know i don't fault her for his offer I really don't think she would have accepted it anyways but she kind of knew how I felt about him and we even had a conversation walking into the dinner that I didn't know how it was gonna go simply because I had mixed emotions about being around him it's like I love to be around him I love being in his presence but when I'm not with him I just feel this insecurity like this lack of understanding of why he can't be that when he's not around so um you know and of course the dinner it went well he paid for the dinner it was nice you know dapped it up like old times you know we had this running jokes that he was pops so you know hey pops you know give him the old handshake the old razzle dazzle and you know we said i love you went on about our own our own ways you know and we went on the cruise, we came back, and to my surprise, he actually ended up coming to Texas to visit my brother, which I had no idea about. So I ended up seeing him again, and you know, everything was great. I spent time with him, it was great. Didn't talk to him about my feelings, about him being absent. Still didn't have that conversation, because like I said, why am I gonna have this conversation if it's almost gonna be like me talking to a brick wall? So yeah, you guys see how like that story just doesn't add up. Like it's not, I'm not understanding like why you would want to officiate my best friend's wedding if you can't even officiate being my goddamn father. You know what I mean? Like 
it's so crazy to me. And um, I want to take it back a little bit to when I was talking about how he really can only be that great father, that great dad when I'm physically around him. Because I told you guys when I was in 10th grade, so like upon entering my sophomore year of high school, I ended up moving to Sumter, South Carolina to go live with my stepdad and his new wife and her daughter. Because honestly, I don't know why my mom picked for us to go live with my stepdad. Um, there were, of course, other options because I do have family in Texas. So I don't know why that was her first pick. I'm not saying that I blame her or anything. I just I don't I never asked her like why she decided to go with him. I mean, nonetheless, I was actually quite happy with the choice, you know. Uh, like I said, I love being around my stepdad. He's a great time. He's a jokester. I feel like it was almost as if God placed this man in my life to be everything that I needed at the time he placed him in my life. But for whatever reason, just abruptly took him away and left like a hole in my heart that I still have. I would like to say that it doesn't bother me, but it does. You just have to choose what you're going to do with the fact that a person is not going to choose you. And it's a reoccurring theme in my dating history. Like men who don't feel the need to put me first, to, to choose me. I, I feel like I have to beg men to want to stay with me, to want to be my boyfriend to want to be involved with me to want to treat me like I'm important to want to foster a healthy relationship with me I like literally have begged almost every guy that I've been with in my adult life to not leave me to do this that and the third first of all ladies learn from me we don't beg men to do anything for us because if they don't want to do it boom there's the door you feel me? Like, it's so much easier to say that now that I'm out of these relationships. Because when I was in it, I used to be the person before, like anytime I broke up with a guy or a guy broke up with me and I was on my single lady shit, you know, on my Megan the Stallion, hot girl summer shit, whatever, not really. But you know how you get to that point and, you know, these men ain't real. And you get to that point where you're like, I'm minding my bag. I'm minding my business. I'm drinking my water. I'm not worried about these niggas because these niggas ain't worried about me. So you got all this to say and then you'd be like, I would never let a man do this. I would never. You always say what you would never do. And then I always find myself in these situations with these men where I'm literally doing what I said I would never do. Begging these men to stay with me. Crying, acting a fool, playing the manipulative card to get them not to leave to beg them to, to act right, to beg them to not call me out my name, beg them not to put their hands on me, beg them not to do anything that men should not be doing to women and vice versa. But that all stems from the fact that I feel like even though I never begged my stepdad to be my father, the little girl in me in my mind is like, I really wish he would just be my father. Like I really wish he realized how much I need him. And it's funny because one of my cousins, and um, I'm really close with this cousin, we grew up together essentially and off and on we've lived with each other. Um, well, you know, a couple of times we've we crossed paths in our adult lives and our teenage lives or whatever. Um, it was about a couple of months ago and he sent me a screenshot from my stepdad's book because yes my stepdad wrote a book a couple of years ago um there's a whole story with that and we will get into that don't worry i'm not gonna leave y'all hanging but he sent me a screenshot of this book a chapter of the book like not even a chapter just like a snippet of a part that he thought was about me because he mentions his daughter and cutting out alcohol cold turkey when he had his first daughter and for whatever reason my cousin thought that this was about me I don't know how that could be possible because me and my cousin have had multiple conversations that I am not his biological daughter. So that chapter could not have possibly been about me, but that's neither here nor there. We've already hashed that whole situation out, which is why I'm comfortable about speaking today about the situation. 
But um, yeah, so he sends me uh, a little screenshot of what he wrote um, about quitting alcohol cold turkey when he had his first daughter. He had no, there were no ifs and ands about it. He just quit it cold turkey. And my cousin kind of tried to imply that my stepdad wasn't that bad because in this book he spoke so highly of me just based off of that one chapter. So of course I, you know, get really defensive. I'm, I'm literally thinking, I think I'm getting ready to go to like a pool party sometime this summer with my friends. And here I am now crying in the bathroom, like literally wondering why my cousin thought that this was a good idea to send me a chapter of this nigga's book when I haven't heard from this nigga since April 19th, 2020. Now this happened last year, guys, like a couple months ago. Like I want to say maybe, I'm going to say August. August of 2021 is when I got the screenshot of the book. Now, mind you, me and my cousin, we're good now. You know, we've had this discussion. I told him how I felt about that. I said, you know, I politely asked him to never send me anything about this dude. Don't send me his book. Don't send me nothing. Um, until this nigga can send me an apology, and I'm speaking about my stepdad here, I don't want to hear nothing from him, you know? Um, but yeah, that just that truly hurt me to my core because it was almost as if I had been talking to a brick wall my entire life when I was discussing my dad and his lack of being involved in my life. And, you know, you think that he cut alcohol cold turkey for me when that was about his real daughter. And I have no part in that equation. So to try to make it seem like he's not that bad. Well, he is that bad. And I, I say all this to say that my cousin basically told me that where I where I am in my life, you know, I didn't need him to get to the point to where I am in my life, like living by myself, having my own car, having a job, you know, all that stuff, things that, you know, people think make you successful in life. Um, and I told my cousin, I said, you know, you know, right. He, he didn't give me any, any of those things. I worked for those things. I have those things because I did the work to get those things. But that doesn't mean that I don't need my dad because I'm successful, quote unquote. Um, that doesn't mean that there isn't a hole in my heart because he's not involved and chooses every single day to wake up and say, F Sierra, that was just a, a girl that I met from a previous marriage that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, forget all that other stuff that happened. F Sierra, that's how I think about it. And I wanted to make it clear that, you know, I, girls do need their fathers. Children need both parents. Whether people wanna think that you can be successful coming from a single parent home, of course you can. Of course you can. Both of your parents could have been drug addicts and you could have turned out okay. Of course that's possible. Anything is possible. But that doesn't mean that that was the ideal life for that child. That doesn't mean that that child didn't want both of their parents to be sober and be good parents. I mean, and it also, what I also can't stand people saying is that due to their relationships with their own parents, they now cannot be good parents to their children because you suffered trauma in your young life so you just repeat that trauma like don't get me wrong I get it you know there are things that I'm still like reworking in my mind things that I have to unlearn and you don't really realize that you have to unlearn it until you become an adult and you realize oh like oh maybe I don't feel that way about this like this is what I was taught but maybe I don't want to believe that you have to do the work on your own and I feel like it only happens when you are no longer under the tutelage of your family. You live on your own, you can think for yourself, you have your own experiences, you have your own life to base your values and moral beliefs on. You can change that. It doesn't have to be based off of what you learned when you grew up. But I just don't like that that thought process that, oh my, my dad beat my mom so I beat my wife too. Like, come on, like break the generational curse here, my guy. Like, I don't get that. I mean, I get it. 
I get it guys like I really do get the idea the premise of it it makes sense that you're gonna be a pattern of what you've seen you know you're, you're going to like repeat cycles that you're used to that you've been introduced to which is also why you know I've never seen a successful marriage in my family I've never seen a successful relationship or I've never seen anything successful in relationships in my life so how could I necessarily expect that my relationships are going to be perfect because I don't know how to have a good relationship I don't know that I have to, I would have to learn how to do that through therapy no one in my family can tell me how to have a good relationship I mean of course they can suggest what are some things a good relationship has but in order to know what to do and how to cultivate a healthy relationship I would have to seek help for that because I don't have an example of that in my own family so I, I really just want to push back on that idea that you have to be the way that your parents raised you and that you can't that you that you just keep doing the same old dumb stuff because that's what you were privy to that's the information you learned because we if we all felt like that we would never be great. We would never wake up and have that aha moment that I need to get my shit together. I need to be a better father. I need to be a better daughter. I need to be a better student. I need to be a better employee. You know, you, you take the life experiences that you have and you either sulk and you sit in them and you go nowhere with that and you let it define you or you try to do better. When you know better, you do better. I know it's easier said than done, but come on, man. I just, I can't get behind that idea. And I'm going to read you guys um, really quick before I finish this little situation. The little story I was going to tell you guys um, of me living in South Carolina, just to give you a better indication of the relationship with my stepdad being strained. But I'm going to read you a little excerpt from his book, quote, We can't expect our parents to give us something that they never had. If you're reading this and can relate to abuse or neglect from your parents, there may be a reason. Try to find out what their life was like growing up and see where the problems lie. And it may be an unpopular opinion, but sure, for, for understanding of why your parents did the things that they did, um, when you were a kid or whatever the case may be sure it might be necessary to know what they went through to make them make those decisions but at what point guys do we then take accountability for our actions at what point do we sit back and realize the damage that we've done I mean come on guys like the dude has a MBA in counseling He's a counselor. He's a motivational speaker. He, he's a life coach. How can you be a life coach when you're a shitty dad? <laughs> Somebody explain this like trigonometry to me, please. I mean, you have all these titles behind your name, but the one title you cannot say that you have is that you're a good father. And that's unfortunate. And the world may think that this man is a good father because of what it seems like from the outside looking in. From the outside looking in, sure, I would think that he's a good father. But, you know, you, you would really have to be seeing his day-to-day -day moves. What it, how does he move to see what type of father he is? And the type of father he is is a deadbeat. And that's sad to say, given the fact that he knows why his parents were the way that they were from their upbringing he he had his own hard upbringing and i'm not i'm not taking that away from him he did have a hard upbringing and according to this book he went through a lot of abuse and having to watch his mom being abused by his dad a lot of ridicule in his childhood i get it but i just don't understand at what point do we take accountability like why don't we take accountability for our actions why don't we make it why don't we make it that are why don't we make right with our kids why do we let our kids think that they're the problem why do we let our kids go about their lives without their parents because i don't care what y'all think when you're a kid 
I don't care if you're 30. I don't care if you're 40. You want your parents. If they're alive, you want them around. You know, granted, some people have really bad relationships with their parents outside of like the situation that I'm describing. Some people's parents suffer from addiction, so it may not be plausible for you to be around somebody who has an addiction problem because that is that's a sickness. That's something that they have to fix because that could truly just take a turn for the worse. So you really have to, I guess, pick and choose what situations you want to be involved with when it comes to your parents, depending on what's going on with them. I guess some bridges that are burned can't be built back to some people. But in my situation, I just felt like he should have had this like light bulb go off in his mind to tell him like, hey man, like, you know, you have all this success behind your name, you know, you, you were a pastor, you helped a lot of people along the way, but what about your kids, man? What have you done, what have you done for them lately? When's the last time you've said hi to your kids? When's the last time you gave a fuck about your kids' mental health? When is the last time you did anything for your kids? And I'm not talking about sending me $200. I'm not talking about giving me $200 when I graduate college. That's the least you could do after not being involved for what, 12 years? After you divorced my mom? $200 and you think I'm gonna be good with that? You could have kept the $200. $200 doesn't get, doesn't reclaim my time. $200 does not make it right. Whoo chow, y'all, I'm fired up about this. I didn't think I was gonna be able to come to this discussion with anything to tell y'all. I thought, I thought that I just wasn't going to be able to be transparent about this topic and I'm just glad that I'm getting my thoughts out and I hope that someone can, you know, relate to what I'm talking about and if you can't, I hope that you can empathize and maybe learn something from a situation that may be different from yours if you've had both parents in your life just to see how it feels when you know, you don't have your biological father, then you have a man that comes into your life, you consider him to be your father, and then he dips and it's like nothing ever happened. But yeah, you know, that that's what he said in his book. I'm gonna read one last e excerpt from his book. That's gonna wrap up the end of this episode for you guys. But before I do that, I just wanna briefly get back to touching on, you know, when I lived with him in South Carolina. Um the living conditions I didn't care for just because me and my stepmom kind of had a rocky relationship. And it's not necessarily because my I didn't like my stepmom. It really wasn't that. Like looking back on it, it was just the fact that we didn't always see eye to eye. And it was hard because I felt like when I was living in South Carolina, I had to be a mom to my brother. My mom was in Afghanistan. She was in a war zone. I had to be a mom to my brother I had to get good grades. Um, I was navigating being in 10th grade, liking boys, trying to be a Christian in the church, trying to say no to sex, trying to be Miss Goody Two Shoes, as people would call me, trying to be a PK, preacher's kid, if, if you will, like trying to be all these things that people had such high expectations for me to meet trying not to disappoint God for heaven's sake. I was trying to do so much and I was only like 15, 16 at this time. And I literally felt like I had raised my brother in that one year that we lived there. I mean, because my dad, you know, found more value in being a pastor to his church than being a father to his kids that at this point lived under his roof. And I don't want to say that my entire experience living in Sumter was horrible because it wasn't. I would actually say that that was one of the best years of my life in terms of I love my high school. I love the friends that I had at the time. You know, there was a falling out, but, you know, whatever. I love the friends that I had at the time. I had a boyfriend. I was in choir at school because singing was a hobby of mine, something I loved to do, something that I thought I was good at. 
I was in choir at church. I actually loved the church that we were a part of. Um, you know, I was just involved with a lot of things. And if you might even say that, you know, that really was good because it distracted me from the fact that my mom was in a war zone um, because my mom told us not to watch the news while she was gone. And a part of me was relieved that, you know, I got to live with my dad because, you know, me and my mom had kind of a very rocky year, my ninth grade year of high school. So it was kind of like a break for me almost that I got to live with somebody that I knew would try to like, you know, not beat me first and ask questions later. Like, you know, there was a little bit more patience and understanding on my stepdad, stepdad side of things compared to my mom. So for me, it was kind of like a relief. And I hate to say that because, you know, there are some people whose parents didn't come back from the war and that's devastating. That's heartbreaking. And my heart goes out to people that were in that situation. But for me, um, I, I definitely was sad that she was there. But I think that with everything that was going on in South Carolina, I felt like it was. And then like I love school. I always have been like a book nerd, a, like a school nerd, not like a book nerd, like a reading nerd, nothing like that. But like love school, was always good in school, would rather be at school than home most of the time um, because that's where I thrive. That's where I was just, I was just good. I was just good at it. So it all did distract me from the fact that my mom was gone and so my whole time in South Carolina wasn't terrible, but the overarching theme that I did see reoccurring there was the fact that I felt like my dad just really wasn't involved like I thought he would be. He was so concerned about his church, being a pastor, doing the Lord's work, if you will, and none of that had anything to do with him being a father, and that just never made sense to me. I mean, there were kids at the church that considered my dad to be their dad. And that made me mad because it's like, gosh, like you rather spend time with these kids that you know nothing about than the kids that live under your own roof. Like what? Beyond me. But um, yeah, and there wasn't like any specific instances outside of the outside of the fact that right before my mom did return from Afghanistan, my uncle did come pick me and my brother up for the whole summer. We stayed with them because I posted something on Facebook. Um, I was mad about my stepmom and just the living conditions there and just a bunch of nonsense that was going on. Um, so my uncle did come and pick me and my brother up for the summer so we could get a break from the, the nonsense. And I know my uncle exchanged a few words with my stepdad about his lack of being a good father, and I'm sure that was hard for him to hear. And you would think that that conversation probably would a little fire under his ass, but it didn't. It didn't. So, um, yeah. To sum it all up, guys, and I'm sure as we continue with this podcast, I'll probably be sharing even more stories that I can think of that, you know, have tainted or shaped our relationship and, you know, why it's no longer existent to me. But um, I want to end off, as promised, with a final excerpt from his book. And this is kind of the closure that I received that I didn't know that I was going to get. I didn't know he was in the process of writing a book. I knew that was one of his dreams, but I didn't know he was working on it because why? Because I don't talk to the dude. And, you know, I got a copy of this book one Christmas and I was actually really hurt that I was given a copy of this book. And you guys might be thinking like, why? It's just a book. I was hurt because almost every single member in my family got a copy of this book. And in my, I personally feel like in my family's eyes, my stepdad can do no wrong. Even though he's a shitty dad, he can do no wrong because why? He's a genuine guy and I can't take that from him. He is a genuine guy. He's a great person. 
I don't think just because you're a shitty dad means that you can't be good to other people. Um, but it's like, it's kind of like, it's weird too, because I feel like it's like my family thinks, well, he didn't do anything bad to me. So I can't really, I don't know what to tell you when it comes to the fact that he can't be your dad. And I know that bothers you. And I know that has bothered you over the years and it's a sore spot for you, but I don't know what to tell you when it comes to your stepdad, because you know, he didn't really do anything bad to me. He was always there for me. He always called me in the middle of the night and was praying over me and my family and praying over my health and safety. He was always there for me. So I don't really know what to tell you about the fact that he wasn't there for you and you're considered his child. And I'm not even really related to him only by marriage. And now you and your your mom and that guy are not even together. So I kind of feel like that's how my family treats it. Like he never did anything wrong to them. So therefore they can't really know what to tell me when I'm upset because of his absence. So again, like they all got a copy of this book. Um, and when I got a copy of the book, not at the exact moment, but I did find a time to step away and just kind of cry because I felt it was insensitive to have a copy of this book knowing that I hadn't spoken to the man and who knows how long couldn't tell you I just I, I didn't think it was a good move to give me a copy of the book knowing how my emotions surrounding the guy aren't good you know and I'm sure you know, my family member that did decide to give me and my other family members a copy of that book meant well. I'm, I know they didn't do it with malice in their heart, but it, it, it was a no for me getting a copy of that book. And then to see everybody with the book and hearing everybody talk about the book and everybody being so happy that he's wrote this damn book. Like, are y'all for real? <laughs> like, y'all are happy that this man wrote this book. But where was y'all? When I was crying in the middle of the night, when this nigga wasn't here. Oh, I know where y'all were. Y'all were telling me that y'all didn't know what to tell me because y'all can't change the fact that this man ain't gonna be there for me. But what are we gonna do, guys? We gonna support his book. Who gives a crap of what Sierra thinks about the fact that he's a piss poor father and not an example in her life, but we're gonna support his book. I don't know. Maybe that's me being selfish. Um, I would never shit on his endeavors. I'm sure that book was a success for him. I don't know. I didn't purchase it. Matter of fact, I sneak sneakily gave the book back to the person who got it for me. I just snuck it into a bookshelf and pretended like I never got it. And I was just really hurt by just getting that book and hearing all my family members dish about how they loved the book and how it was such a great accomplishment for him and just always wondering like man y'all y'all really didn't do right by me on this this christmas occasion <laughs> y'all really messed up y'all fumbled the bag on this one but it's all love now and that's water under the bridge i mean it's something that definitely hurt me and nobody really knows that it hurt me because I think I might have only told one family member that I was hurt by getting the book, but um, I'm saying it now. So, you know, I'm getting my feelings out there. And I think in a way it's therapeutic for me to be able to share my thoughts on a time where I kind of felt betrayed. But um, speaking of his book, we're going to end off with a little excerpt from the book that gave me the closure that I needed. It made me sad. I shed a couple of tears about it. I told friends that I really couldn't believe this, but um, I think it solidified for me what he thought of our relationship. And it's unfortunate, but I'm gonna read it to y'all. I had four beautiful kids of my own, as well as the privilege of being able to help raise several stepchildren. I'm gonna read, I'm gonna run that back for y'all. I had four beautiful kids of my own, as well as the privilege of being able to help raise several stepchildren. Now, y'all remember where I said that the only steps that existed were the ones on the front porch? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Because I, th I thought that's what we said. I thought that's what we told 
our stepdaughter back in the day. That's what I thought, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So I guess from the looks of that book, he considered me to be one of the stepchildren that he had a, the pleasure of helping raise. I was just a random stepchild that he had the pleasure of raising. I, I wasn't his daughter. The The steps weren't out on the outside on the front porch like he told me. I think that I think that put it all into a fine box with a ribbon on it for me. I was only the stepchild that he had the pleasure of raising. And it all makes sense, y'all. Like, it all makes sense because I haven't heard from this nigga since my birthday in 2020. And he sent me a text message, mistake number one. We don't send text messages for birthdays, especially if you're my parent. If you're my parent, I expect a call because that's what I'm giving you. I'm not sending you a freaking text message. We don't do that in this family. We don't do that. But I digress. I got a text message. And when I responded to said text message to see how he was doing, I got no reply. This was over a year ago, guys. My birthday is almost coming again. And I'm about to be 27. And I haven't heard from this nigga since April of April 19th, 2020. Have not heard from him. And yeah, I, I guess that's about all I got surrounding my stepdad for today, you know. Um, this was a great moment for me. I'm so glad that I got that off my chest. And like I said, I hope that someone can listen to this story and try to relate more to, you know, people who didn't have both parents involved. Um, I'm really happy for, for my friends and people that I know who had both parents involved. I don't have too many friends that have been in that situation. I don't have too many. I don't know too many people in that predicament, but I wouldn't wish not having a parent by that parent's choice in your life. Um, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy because it really does make you question why are you not good enough for them to be an active participant in your life. And you know, at the end of the day, I know I didn't do anything wrong because I constantly show this man that I care for him, that I love him, that he's important to me. I have constantly shown that over my life there's nothing more that I could do for him to know that which is why I said I can go to bed at night knowing that I've done all I can and it's up to God to determine how that situation is going to end and that's what I'm going to leave it up to I'm going to leave it up to God because if I leave it up to me that's either going to be a nasty email nasty letter because sometimes we just can't keep giving people a pass just because they're our family members. People must be held accountable. And it, it, that includes me. When I do wrong, I expect to be held accountable. And it sucks to be held accountable sometimes. It sucks to be told that you did somebody wrong, that you hurt somebody's feelings. It sucks to be on the other side of that. But it must be done, guys. Must be done because that is the only way that you will grow as a person. So... I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I really enjoyed talking to y'all this week about my story um, about my stepdad. And let me know. Let me know how you felt about the episode. I'm happy to hear feedback. Let me know what your experience was like, you know, coming from a two-parent household. Or maybe you have a situation similar, similar to mine. I would love to hear about it, guys. Um... I hope that this becomes a community in which we can freely be vulnerable and discuss things that have happened into our lives. And, you know, I just want it to be that type of platform. On a positive note, I did want to start a new segment on the podcast called Product of the Week. Um, so I'm going to be sharing products under any category. So that could be skincare, makeup, fashion, food, furniture, anything, car stuff, anything that I have or that I've accumulated or that I've recently found that I have a joy in using, I want to share it with you guys. And I hope that you guys can also um, enjoy the product. Of course, this is not sponsored at all. 
Um, but I want to give an honorable mention to Levin Rose Rose Hip Night Serum. Now, rose hip oil is kind of like a like a less harsher version of a retinol. It's like a natural retinol. Um, and we know retinol is good for anti-aging, um, fine lines, dark spots, and wrinkles. Um, this oil is very moisturizing. I mean, I don't even have to follow up with my regular moisturizer if I use this. I literally can wash my face, use my toner, and go right into this oil. Couple of drops in your hand. Um, you know, smooth it over the skin and you just wake up with like this plump, juicy, glowing complexion. And honestly, I love it. And it wasn't that expensive. I wanna say it was $20. I got it on Amazon. Levin Rose is a reputable company. Love them. Um, I have their jojoba oil and I also used to use their rose water. Um, so definitely love them. I even got my mom on using their products. So I didn't really want to dip my feet into retinol right away because I know sometimes retinol can have like a purging period and my skin's already been going through it. So I didn't want to deal with that. I felt like an oil would be a good way to dip my toe in it. So um, I really have been liking it so far. It's really helped control like breakouts and keep them at bay because you know, we've been wearing the mask and I'm getting older and my skin doesn't just bounce back like it used to. I actually have to take even more care of it now for it to look its best. So highly recommend. Um, I'll try to post a photo of this product so you guys can know what I'm talking about and get a better picture. But once again, guys, thanks for joining me on this episode. I hope you guys enjoy your week, make great choices, and I will talk to you guys next week. See ya.